Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. Uh, I'm your host, Will Brost, and calling in is Patrick Anderson. How are you? I'm doing good. Good, good. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. How um, are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Um, just to peel back the curtain a little bit, uh, we uh, have experienced uh, some audio issues lately uh, we spent the past 30 minutes or so troubleshooting these issues so hopefully when this is published everything's going to sound good and that's Hopefully. our hope that's our hope we're, we're working on it we, we don't have a it's just us working on it so right we, yeah we are a we, <laughs> we have to we have to go by what we understand we're, we are a two-man operation and <laughs> Neither of us is an audio engineer or any sort of expert like that, um, but we had to do this podcast anyway. We had to get it out there. Um, I, I was excited for this one at least. Um, for sure, yeah. So today we're talking about the latest Solange record, When I Get Home. Um, but first, uh, we kind of wanted to take a slight detour. Uh, Patrick went to a concert recently, and he wanted to share his opinions on it. I have not heard these opinions, so I'm I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Uh, who did you go see, and when? Daughters. Nice. Uh, went and saw Daughters in San Francisco on um, when did I go see them? Last week, on last Sunday. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah wh- last Sunday. Where did that uh, record last year? I kind of forget. Um, where did it place in your year end list last year? I had that. Um, wait, what did I have it at? Number three? Something like that. No, yeah. number four. Number I think number four. four. Okay. Well, either way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number four. Okay. Um, so, yeah, top five album of the year for me last year. And um, I realized I hadn't been to a concert in a long time, actually, too. Mm-hmm. So, this was like a really cool thing to do and it was the first like kind of hardcore show that i've gone to um so yeah overall just quick review of the concert if you have a chance to go see daughters it was a fucking crazy show it was (laughs) really really intense and the and high high energy they sounded great um it was super loud um, but the uh, yeah the energy the crowd was great the um, God, the way that they interact with the crowd is like very disturbing but also like really like um, meet like intimate in a way I guess it's kind of weird to say that when it comes to noise rock <laughs> and, especially with what they were doing so like at, at a few points the lead singer. Um, would like deep throat the mic hmm. and just start like growling. Um, and he just like was constantly like spitting <laughs> <laughs> and like, and he would like take a bottle of water and when, instead of drinking it, he just let it like run down his face. Like oh whatever he was, wasn't singing. And during like the vocal parts while he's singing, there's just constant like, like, he's just running around on stage and like bashing his head up and down and like harassing his like band members (laughs) while he's up, while he's up there. And they're all just like stone cold, just like (laughs) high energy, just doing their thing. And he's like on top of them, just like, you know, 
so uh, that was he, it, that was really entertaining um, to see. It was like pretty disturbing, but it was like it, it was really artful and uh, just a really fucking awesome show. I liked it a lot. The opening band, I uh, there was a two opening bands. One of them was called Gouge Away, and they were pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of normal, just like uh, post hardcore. Okay. Um, not not anything like super um, like amazing or anything, but they were pretty. They were pretty good. I was I was impressed. But the first band, I can't remember what they were called actually, and whatever because I'm gonna shit on them. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> they, were, they were they were just like that was a kind of a wash. It was a two person uh, act, and it was just like. Um, it was just basically like, similar to like kind of how like I would imagine the bodies shows are because it was just mm. like basically an art piece about like death and just super high like stroby lights and like just a lot of like screaming and stuff like that. But it was so it was just so fucking weird and didn't feel like authentic at all. <laughs> so it was just it was just there's a fine line between like art and just like bullshit and that was kind of like not I was like kind of <laughs> not, not comfortable. So. A fine line between art and bullshit. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> well when it comes to that kind of shit, there definitely is. Right. So uh you went with anyway, but you, sorry, you went with Shari, right? And she yeah she had no idea about the band at all. Like Yeah. Yeah. What did what did she think? <laughs> she okay. Well, when it first started with the first group, that was just like they came out with like you know, pale face, white like white pale face, mm-hmm. uh, and then like and like like the Cure kind of makeup and like uh, like running eyeliner and then like torn up clothes and stuff like that, and then uh, and then had like the strobes going and like just like you know. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> weird just weird like imagery um i think she was like oh no (laughs) this is not good but i had to be like no 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 this is not how it is and then actually i think she actually enjoyed it quite a bit good Uh, when when daughters came on she told me that she liked it much more than she thought she might which is good for me because that's coming from a person that definitely doesn't know much about noise rock right much hardcore music in general right and that's i mean you know if if she doesn't like that concert it's really hard to sell her on any future concerts like you know (laughs) yeah that that, i was taking a gamble (laughs) (laughs) you're like we should go see daughters (laughs) yeah that's true yeah no i'm i'm pretty jealous though i don't i don't think they made it to st louis or are going to st louis at any point um so I, I would have definitely considered seeing them had they been up here, but um, yeah, really yeah. cool show. I mean, if you get a chance, definitely, definitely try and go see them. It was it, it was awesome. I was definitely impressed. That's wild. So yeah, go go check out Daughters and uh, check out the uh, the album. Uh, you won't get what you want if you haven't yet. Yeah. Um, that's a great yeah. album. Uh, made my list as well in like the twenties or something like that. Um, but yeah, fantastic record, good band, all of that. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks for sharing. Uh, we'll switch gears slightly from daughters to uh, Solange here. <laughs> a little bit of a different. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Those of you who were here for the Solange portion of our podcast, uh, there is no more post-hardcore discussion from this point on. 
Um, <laughs> no, uh, so Solange is a, a singer-songwriter um, working in like the genres of R&B and I've seen neo-soul. I'm not sure what neo-soul means. My interpretation like, is like, like modern. Neo is just thrown in front of like anything that's like kind of experimental. <laughs> right. In like new, like modern. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, so they don't, it, it's not actually doesn't have any meaning. They're just like, ah, uh, Neo pop, Neo soul. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, what's the difference between Neo and uh, like post? Like if they call this post soul, <laughs> is that right, any yeah. different? Like, I don't know. So. Um, so yeah, this is Wiki, R&B, and Neo Soul. So there you go. Um, though she released a couple of records um, last decade, uh, she really had her breakout in 2016 uh, with A Seat at the Table. Um, this album was highly celebrated. Uh, it has a Metacritic of 89 out of 100. Um, it was number one on Pitchfork's 2016 Album of the Year list. And I took a look at our 2016 lists um it was number 22 on mine and it was number 19 on yours so everybody loves solange um so this new release uh when i get home also has a metacritic of 89 out of 100 uh which kind of invites some comparison discussions that we may or may not get into um so i guess where do you want to start with this one this is kind of a strange record we can start with comparisons if you want. I sure. mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's very interesting because I thought, I mean, I think that the most obvious difference here um, is that a seat at the table was like more traditional and more structured and had these like three and a half, four minute songs that, you know, had a, a very typical R&B song structure. Um, whereas this one, uh, when I get home, it's, it has some songs like that, but it's mostly like two minute songs, um, with a ton of repetition, not a lot of like progression in the songs, not yeah. very traditional at all. Very like ambitious experimental might be a strong word, but ambitious. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely a lot more distinct that um i mean a seat at the table is a very distinct like r&b album but this kind of like sits on its own in like a different like genre almost mm -hmm. so that'd be neo soul I, uh, or neo r&b so uh, yeah <laughs> right yeah it sits in the neo that there we go i figured it out <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah so um the comparison like with the metacritic i i i agree with that i think this is as, like for first impressions i i kind of get that it's like as good um maybe i could see myself liking it more than seat at the table um like as as time goes on but for the most part it, it's like it's the same consistency and quality which is mm -hmm. interesting because it's it is such a departure stylistically from what a seat at the table was yeah absolutely because you still get the um the the differences i think are mostly in how she wrote these songs and structured them uh, because from album to album you still get the uh you know you get the the beautiful soulful production and you get like her very pleasant vocals um you get a lot of 
stuff that uh, it, I don't know how to describe it other than it kind of sounds like an album like Blonde or Flower Boy. Yeah, it, it kind of has that like atmosphere to it. So sonically, they're pretty similar. Uh, it's mostly just how they decided to structure these songs that I think is is mostly different. Um, I, yeah. I I do agree yeah, with yeah. you though on uh, sorry real quick. Um, the the quality I think I think you're right uh, when you said the quality is pretty consistent from one to the other. Um, I do think I prefer when I get home at this point. I've definitely listened to it a lot more uh, than I have a seat at the table, even though it's only been out like a week or whatever. There's a, yeah, there's there's more things that like are potentially more interesting than um, a seat at the table. Like because a seat at the table is very it's it's interesting in in a deep level, but it's mostly interesting in like a more surface level way. And this kind of has a lot more. This has a lot more that you can dive into and kind of like be thrilled by in the long term. Because there's so much repetition on here too. I think that that's what makes it. All the songs bleed into each other in a way that's like, like listening back one on one. The context from album to song is so much different than it is from like what I see at the table was. Right. Where you can listen to Cranes in the Sky and, you know, and Don't Touch My Hair and it'll be like, you know, those are great songs. Whereas this is like, you're like, that's what one thing that I think is really cool about the album though, because if you're listening to like Down with the Click without any of the transition, it's like a lot different than listening to it with, you know, from from song to song. You're totally right. You to- you're totally right. I agree. Uh, this is like an, an album experience type of album for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'll press play. Um, it's only 39 minutes, which is good for this kind of – if an album is, is structured in a way that makes you that, – that encourages the, a full listen, it's good that it's only like 39 minutes. Um so that way you can actually like feasibly press play at the very beginning and let it ride to the very end. Um, yeah. So it is kind of weird. There's 19 songs. There's 39 minutes. So that's about like two minutes a song on average. Um, but I'm I'm with you in that if one of these songs came on like shuffle or something, I probably wouldn't listen to it. Um, but I will. I definitely foresee myself in the future just going back to this thing as an entire project yeah aesthetically i think it's stronger um i don't want to keep on comparing to a seat at the table right but i can't help myself sure that's i mean Um, it's it's pretty fair i mean it's it's valid in that the comparisons are valid at least i think that i mean just judging at the even like the album art right it's like Mm. that's it it's kind of like feels like it's almost supposed to be a sister album to seat at the table Mm -hmm. you know where that had more of a uh a lighter aesthetic to it and this is kind of not it's not darker but it's stronger and more uh it has more direct intention to it Mm -hmm. i actually I, Uh, i love this album art by the way I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's cool. It, I mean, it's just it's it's strange, mm-hmm. but it's not like totally bizarre. It's just like yeah, it's just strange. <laughs> I I will say um, I think the last point I'll make about a seat at the table for now. Um, and a quick disclaimer, like it, 
I feel like I. it sounds like I might be kind of crapping on Seat at the Table. That's not the case. I, I love that record. Um, yeah. But I will say she spent a lot of her early career, I think, trying to kind of make it in the mainstream or at least have a really big-sized audience. And then that finally happened with A Seat at the Table. She kind of made it, quote-unquote, like she got popular and the critics loved her and all of that. So now I think because she had that record, it kind of gave her the um, ability to like flex her creative muscle a little bit more. She's like, well, now I can, now I ha- I'm in a position where I, I can um, just kind of do something experimental or off the wall because I've already, I've already made it. Um, right. So I, I wonder if it's something like, like film directors kind of do that. They do like a, a movie where, you know, it's, it's very good. It's loved by critics, but it's also very accessible. And then once that's successful, they'll kind of like venture off into like a vanity project where it's them just kind of doing this really off the wall stuff that they've had in their head for a while. And that's yeah, kind of the feeling I get. Perspective on like, oh, this is this is what I'm really, really wanting to do. Exactly, exactly. And now she had a platform to do it because her name was out there. Um, that's just kind of how I saw this record. Um, I might be totally wrong on that, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I, I think that that's they, yeah. Seat at the table obviously had some very creative and like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like distinct moments to it. But this definitely feels like. <clears throat> I, w- I would agree with you. Something that is like she she feels like more uh, okay with like just putting something out that is very distinct to her, yeah, consciousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, would you say that? Uh, so we've kind of talked about the differences, and I'll, I'll kind of shift focus away from differences and more toward you know just this album. Um, did this? It, you know, did did her approach work for you? Like with this repetition and the short songs and the vi- the, vi- the excuse me the loose uh, song structure. Did that work for you personally? Yeah, and that's something that was actually really surprising that like I've noticed is that like I found it really fascinating, mm-hmm. and I and I it it was it was kind of like a, a, almost a play on modern hip-hop trends right Mm. where there's like a lot of repetition in uh choruses and verses and flow and all that so like it feels almost it feels like 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 in like it's recognizing that but it's doing it in almost like a tongue-in-cheek way too yeah yeah okay yeah maybe so I, i haven't thought about it that way but that's a good that's a good point but it doesn't feel like in a way like this is America, I think, is a more of a like a song that's like kind of making an obvious point of like, you know, this is how modern hip hop is and like mm-hmm. making kind of more of like an ironic uh, stab at it. Mm-hmm. This I don't think like it's not like it's not it, to me. It doesn't say like it, there's anything bad about modern hip hop or anything like that. I think it's like for the opposite where she's like embracing it. But she's like, she's taking it to an extreme of like, because there's just like, like, uh, like on the song uh, on time, right? It's just you got to know, like, over and over and over (laughs) and over over again. Mm -hmm. And on uh, Almeida with uh, with uh, Playboy Cardi, Mm -hmm. there's just so much of the same like flow over and over and over again. But 
the instrumentation and the production and behind it and um, just the approach to it is really artful and kind of it show it like showcases what like the artistry of modern hip-hop can actually be like so i i actually love the repetition on this i think it was a brilliant idea i'm i'm glad you feel that way because i do too um it's definitely pretty polarizing though uh when i look at you know like genius or whatever just kind of see the internet reaction uh, a lot of it is like wait what the heck is this she's not even trying um but i think it's like deceptive like it looks like she didn't try with a lot of the lyrics here just because of the repetition but it was i think obviously pretty intentional and it kind of has a different effect on the listener than like a non-repetitive song there's like a there's like a quiet like aesthetic to it basically it's like a it's like a giant mantra or something like it's like a prayer or something like i don't know how to describe it it's kind of weird but it's uh it's a separate experience i guess than just a typical listening experience yeah because like the whole i i I feel like one of the biggest like attractions for modern hip-hop now I, i shouldn't keep saying modern hip-hop it makes me sound so fucking old it, um, um fake like hip-hop, hip-hop is what we call right? it yeah yeah <laughs> Yo, not real music. exactly not real music yeah yeah <laughs> they're not rapping anymore patrick you know <laughs> <laughs> but like like little pump playboy cardi uh 21 savage the like this this new style mm-hmm. like part of the main attraction is basically just aesthetics and that goes with like flow lyrics whatever like it's there's not like as much direct like reality being you know what i mean being dealt Mm -hmm. with there it's more about creating moods and creating like atmosphere and um and she nailed that idea Mm -hmm. on on this album and that's i kind of feel like that's what she was going for with it and i mean like it, it it made me have more of an appreciation honestly for the for what modern hip-hop is trying to do it's you know no that's 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 a good point um it, it i i mean i love this style it threw me off like as i was listening the first time because the first mm-hmm. song it's just like some things i imagine things um like just over and over and i'm like okay what are we doing here like the song's half over and that's all you've said um but you're right i i think you're right that it's in in some way referencing hip-hop the the album that came to my mind as i was listening was um die lit the last playboy cardi record um i think they have a similar appeal in that way And, and, and i don't mean you know sonically these albums aren't the same at all except for maybe the song with Playboy Cardi on it. One could argue that sounds like a Playboy Cardi song. But yeah. um, what I loved about Die Lit was like the repetition kind of entranced me in a way. It just kind of like became hypnotic for me. Uh, so it, it kept me engaged, even though like the song at first glance might not seem all that engaging. And that's kind of what I get here. Yeah, I, I, that's that's the that's kind of the feeling that I get with this too. It's like you get lost in this in this designed world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was 
that was pretty much all. Yeah. Oh, that, that, <laughs> no, that's that's right. That's right. So I kind of want to yeah. I want to talk about the uh, the production. Um, one because I think it's fantastic, but two, it's uh, it's interesting all of the different like um, collaborators she's used on this. Uh, there's yeah. There's a uh, let's see, uh, Pharrell, Metro Boomin, Tyler the Creator, Panda Bear, Earl Sweatshirt, Dev Hines. Uh, and some of these are, you know, some of these collaborators are on multiple songs and some of them provide like additional vocals on some songs. Um, and prominent vocal features include uh, Playboy Cardi, The Dream, Sampha and Gucci Mane. So I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, the production and the, the features a little bit more, just kind of, you know, the people outside of Solange that helped make this record good. Yeah, I mean, that kind of speaks to why this album captures an aesthetic so well, mm-hmm. because there's so much, like, curating and care to it from all of these professionals. But you can tell that it's, like, it's not overblown in any way either. That she definitely had her own, uh, like, her own vision on what she wanted it to be. And these, you know, Tyler, Pharrell, definitely, they all helped to, like, bring that to fruition because you can hear like the the influence from all of them on here for sure like with tyler the uh those the like um piano Mm -hmm. like organ chords and everything that that he uses quite a bit on flower boy and just his stuff in general Mm -hmm. uh pharrell with like the drums dev hines with i mean it's aesthetic so mm-hmm. i feel like him just being in the room just helps out with that <laughs> <laughs> they're just like oh i'm inspired now <laughs> it's just like oh, this guy's got something so strange about him that i i feel like i can make anything <laughs> he's just a magical person like that yeah He's, no. he didn't actually like have any instrumental work on here he was just standing there everyone was like <laughs> kicking ass because of it no i think I... <laughs> it's ridiculous it's like he's an executive producer just by being in the studio <laughs> and just standing in the corner yeah no, i think i think you made a good point that um like this is you know she has all these different collaborators that all have these like unique styles and very creative styles but she made them all mesh together to kind of fit with her vision um because like tyler the creator's production doesn't sound like metro boomin which doesn't sound like earl sweatshirt or panda bear production but it all it all fits here um they kind of ultimately grew uh, groomed everything to like this really serene uh laid back soulful beautiful atmosphere like every and you know tyler makes a lot of that kind of production already so it it, it helps out with that um and i think his influence might be some of the most apparent when you listen to this um but overall i think the production is good on just like every single track here pretty much it's fantastic i would would agree yeah yeah it was weird though um the song that panda bear helped produce was uh bins which is one of the most hip-hop sounding songs of any of them so i thought that was kind of weird um so it was kind of unexpected you would think that you would think that he was helping out with like the more atmospheric dreamy right 
tracks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, the, the, where on the other hand, the Metro Boomin production was, I think, pretty obvious on a uh, Stay Flow. Like that was definitely like mm-hmm. a Metro Boomin beat. Um, and then the Pharrell song, uh, what is it? Something about rain. Sound of rain. Um, Sound of rain. He does his classic four count intro that he does on like all of his productions. Oh yeah. Yeah, just yeah. kind of the one, two, three, four, and then goes into it. So, I mean, it, it's it's great. Uh, I and it's one of those where the the collaborators aren't listed, nor are the features on the song titles. So you kind of had to guess. Um, I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, that I, I I like that too. I I don't. It has more aesthetic merit than like capitalizing or lowercasing all of your letters in the track listings too. Which she didn't it's do, like, by the way. So thank God. <laughs> God, that would have been one thing that, that that I would have not been great with. Like you're gonna adopt modern hip hop ideas, please don't don't use that. <laughs> oh gosh. Um. Yeah. Oh, well, I was going to say Sound of Rain, though. That's, like, maybe my favorite um, track on this album. I think that... Really? Okay. Yeah, I think it's pretty close. It's The production on it is just fantastic and super interesting um, and has just, like, has that kind of, like, uh, transition throughout the throughout the track that I really like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that one. Yeah, you you just bringing that up. I just kind of. Oh no, that's that's good because I kind of wanted to shift a little bit to some of these individual songs, or at least some yeah. of the standouts. Um, yeah, I, I like Sound of Rain. Also, it's a it kind of sounded like a '90s R&B throwback to me in a way, um, and it, it's a good example of this weird song structure we've been talking about. This one is, according to Genius, at least, it goes chorus one, chorus two, chorus one, chorus two, outro. Like it's yeah. that repetition, no verse or anything, but it's just different ideas that are being used and repeated. Yeah, it it's so it's so strange how well this works on this album. <laughs> right, it probably shouldn't work, but especially for an R and B singer. How, but yeah, it just shows how like well produced and curated this album really is. Yeah, and, yeah, and Solange's voice sells like most of this too because she's just got such a like entrancing voice. Yeah, it's she has a very a very pleasant voice. Um, her voice isn't as uh like a dynamic as her sister's voice. Oh, uh, by the, her sister's Beyonce. I don't think we ever mentioned that. That's a, <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a name. Yeah, her. right. Like I try, you know, I try not to compare them because I think it's kind of lazy to just be like, oh, Solange versus Beyonce, you know, like I try to stay away from that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, there are a couple songs here though, that I want to say, uh, gosh, what was one stay flow? For example, I think she sounded like her vocal timbre kind of sounded like Beyonce's tone on that song. So you kind of yeah. hear that a little bit, but she does have a, a voice, um, of her own as well, like a distinct voice. Hers is so much more like just, casual and yes it's because she doesn't reach up to the i mean beyonce is you know she's beyonce so she can sing whatever the fuck she wants right 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 but that she has so much more diva to her vote to her vocals than um solange does 
so, so what's so, so attractive about Solange's voice is that like she has basically just this sound like she's just talking but it's mm-hmm. just in the most beautiful like low energy singing that is really really hard to 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 do you gotta be a really fucking good singer to do that kind of thing yeah she sounds Uh, effortless when she does it it's very pleasant yeah she that's that's great i love her style on on this so she's i I think that's what i was saying is part of why this delivery works as well is because like i mean she can just sell it with her voice along with the production being great and aesthetically being very pleasing but her voice is just like it's so good Mm-hmm. And it, it matches all of the smooth production and instrumentation as well. Like, yeah, like she goes over much different instrumentation than like Beyonce does because the way they approach vocals is like entirely separate. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, uh, God, I I really have very few complaints. Um, the production's great, the vocals are very good. I love the song structures. I love like the vision that this album has going for it. My only like big i wouldn't even say it's big my 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 primary kind of quip with it quip is that does that mean what i think it means my primary like uh, i don't think it does a, it's a word <laughs> <laughs> my primary like right <laughs> like i could have just rode with it and you probably would have understood where i was going for sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> my primary uh like gripe with it i guess that's the word i think i was looking for um is that because some of these songs, um, or, or because most of these songs are kind of loosely structured and short, uh, there aren't a ton of like standout songs. And yeah, if an idea like doesn't go well, then it's just I'm probably not gonna go back to it. Um, so it, it's kind of it's kind of weird. That's kind of what happens when you go ambitious, though. If it doesn't work, it's like you know you're not giving yourself a safety net though there you're kind of just letting that die um but that's very few moments on here yeah there's nothing so there's no like track that stands out either that's like uh which you know isn't a that's not a big complaint for me right same here i think that the the thing is is like it, it makes it a point where the replayability of the album is like it's a lot lower mm-hmm. because you almost have to listen to the entire thing in order to you know kind of really be able to enjoy it which isn't it's not a that's a pretty minor complaint because yep. i mean we are rating this as an album and it's in the in full correct but it's a it's it's something to be taken to account because it's like you may listen to this album quite a bit less because it's like it is like more to take on than just listening to like you know the first half of something else or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and while I, you know, I think we mentioned um, that at least I prefer this method of just kind of this album experience kind of thing. The the album experience versus like being able to pluck out individual songs is kind of a double edged sword because I think it makes the whole experience better, but you know, if you can't, if you aren't um, inclined to go back to particular tracks, that's kind of a slight uh, in and of itself. So, you know, yeah. that, that's kind of my major, not even major, that's kind of my notable takeaway uh, from this this record. Yeah, 
it's I, I think that this album they like she captured what she was going for very well mm-hmm. um and that's what makes it so interesting but i think the thing is it's like the ideas and the aesthetics on here they're really fascinating but they're not like they're not groundbreaking and it's mm-hmm. and it's like um the way this the way this album is structured it makes it more uh i don't want to say forgettable right but it makes it more forgettable than something i don't know i don't know how to really phrase that yeah it, do you get what i'm saying though it I, makes I think it, so. it makes it like an idea that you can go back to after a month and be like oh shit that's right i forgot that i loved this and mm-hmm. that's a that's a bit of a slight too because it has less staying power <clears throat> unless you're like in the moment right it's kind of weird like in some ways it it like as an album it has kind of some staying power because it's like ambitious and experimental and those albums tend to have more replayability than like right. just a straightforward r&b record um but on the other hand it's it is kind of hard to replay some of these songs if it's like oh this is a one minute and a half song out of context that popped up on my shuffle and there yeah, isn't a verse sure. to it so it, it's kind of it's odd it, it, there, this is a very odd album to describe in some aspects yeah, I also feel like it's kind of a thing, too. Once you've figured out kind of, like, what the ideas are here and you're like, okay, I see what's going on here, it that it sort of loses a little bit of... Um, it, it loses a little bit of, of its shine in that way because it's, like, part of the real attraction to this album was the initial, like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> right. Right. And uh and once you've gotten past that, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty experimentally deep album, but it's not super deep. Like it's it's right. pretty clear like what it's trying to capture. So there's not there's not even a ton of replayability in that aspect. Like I think she right. nailed what she was going for with it, but it's not something that's like it's so like deeply uh, ambitious and experimental that it's like um, something that you're like whoa what the fuck how did that <laughs> right you know like that kind of thing that is true yeah you do pick up on on the um the the approach by the end of the record you know or at least yeah. by like track four or five when you're like wait this has been way too repetitive for me to like just be going crazy here um <laughs> yeah but it's super interesting it's like it's something that like I feel like I'm going to look back on after, you know, like later in like, I don't know, September or something in the year. And I'm going to be like looking back on the albums that I liked a lot. I'm like, why did I like that Salon record? And then I'm going to be listening back and then be like, oh, yeah, that's right. And, you know, that's I, I think I agree with that. Yeah, I think I think that's that's a good call. Um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wanted to make just kind of one more point about Solange overall. Um, she's, she's had a long career. Um, it's just that like most of us kind of gain knowledge of her in 2016. Um, but pr- prior to that, she had a, a pretty successful cover of a dirty projector song, uh, stillness is the move. And then 2013 Bonnaroo, I technically saw Solange because she was, oh. she was invited as a guest to Grizzly Bears concert. 
and she sang the harmonies on two weeks. So there you go. Oh wow! Yeah, which is like really random in retrospect because it's like That's now. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, right. So like since then, she's become this you know critical darling and this you know pr- fairly popular artist. But at the time, it's like, you know, I didn't even know she was Beyonce's sister at the time. I'm like, oh okay, this person sounds pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the, the I guess the point I'm trying to make is she has this relationship with indie music that I think has encouraged this sort of creativity she's had over the years. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like she was just, you know, she has a lot of R&B influences. Uh, I think Aaliyah is a pretty prominent influence for her. Uh, maybe some TLC a little bit. Um, so she has those influences, but I think she also has kind of left field influences that kind of ultimately combine to make a, a pretty unique artist. Um, yeah. So, so I appreciate uh, yeah. that. That's a good, that's a good uh comparison like like using the indie world to kind of shape her sound because you can definitely you you definitely have that feeling in this album and in uh seat at the table as well Mm -hmm. where there's something different there's something like hip-hop and r&b but less so than like it's more it's it's pulling from all sorts of different ideas and I think that you're right. The indie world probably has a big influence on that too. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. I just I just spitball everything. I just kind of like, you know, I'll throw this opinion out there and maybe it's total crap, but, you know, that's kind of how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're right. I mean, the indie world especially has been very accepting of and, like, loving of Solange. Right, So right. Like, she's – I feel like she's um, – done work I, I believe she's done an entire project with Def Hines in the past like just him on production um, oh. so I think she's kind of had that relationship going for a while again you know just it maybe it was she did the album herself and Dev Hines was simply standing in the room and then it became that's, like yeah. a collaborative record just because of that exactly I think that's I think we figured that one out <laughs> we figured out Blood Orange doesn't actually do anything he's just yeah. <laughs> he's a human aesthetic that's all it is yeah. Albums just come into being because he's standing there. <laughs> he's he's like an air freshener. The room's like a little different because he's in it, and then that's. <laughs> oh man, I I love Blood Orange though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So is there is there anything else you wanted to get to with this uh, before final thoughts? Um. You know, I don't I don't really have uh, anything that's like outstanding. Um. Uh, yeah. It it would be impressive if you had some like outstanding like still in the in the bank. Like you had some sort of outstanding tape that you've just been saving. <laughs> yeah, I've just been sitting here like, all right, my, my it's like all right, that. we're deep in the podcast. I gotta throw out this yeah. take. <laughs> oh, that's outstanding. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, uh me either. Uh, I I think we uh we kind of said uh, you know, the the big takeaways from this record here. So Yeah. Yeah, um, you want to get into uh, the finals here? Final thoughts? Let's let's do it. Let's talk about them. All right, let's talk about our final thoughts here. <laughs> such a weird way to segue to that. Oh. <laughs> All right, who's yeah. who's going first? Who's on first? <laughs> <laughs> We're losing it. All right, I'll I'll, I'll go first. Switch okay. It up this time, how about that? I love it. I love it. Don't be don't be selfish on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah my final thoughts so okay um this album yeah like i said i think that she really did capture her vision for what she wanted this album to be perfectly i think that this came out exactly how she envisioned it to um but it doesn't it doesn't come out in a way that's it, it doesn't come out in a way that's like game changing but it feels like something that was supposed to be game changing mm-hmm. um, because there's so much recognition of modern hip hop and like and experiment experimentation on modern hip hop and the aesthetics behind it um, and it's done in such a careful and curated way it feels like something that was supposed to be game changing but it's like not quite there it doesn't have that extra seed of you know that extra they needed two dev hinds in the studio to to push it over the edge (laughs) um yeah so it's it's really good it's gonna go i think it's gonna be one of the best hip-hop r&b neo Mm. music whatever (laughs) (laughs) albums of this year um but it's not it's not something that it's not something that breaks ground to the point where I'm like this is an instant top five album of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, this is you know you, you get what I'm saying there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some great songs on here that stand out. Like I said, I love "Sound of Rain." I love the Gucci Mane song. Really? Okay, interesting. I really do. I I think that it's just like it's just so much fun to listen to. It is because it, it it has like this. It's just a break in the middle of all this uh, very serious feeling aesthetic, and <laughs> there's just this break with Gucci Mane and her basically just goofing off right. and saying Gucci like ten thousand fucking times. <laughs> <laughs> and she like laughs during her verse. Yeah, she's like cracking up, and I I really like it. I think that it's actually really good. Interesting. Um, I did not expect that take from you, but that's that's great. Yeah, I did. I actually did like that. Down with the click. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Um, Stay flow. I liked a lot. Almeida. There's some great songs on here, um, but I think that its real power comes from the overall just album as a whole, how it stands aesthetically, and how they all bleed into each other. That's really where where everything is captured. Um, so. Yeah, that, that that's pretty much all I got to say. Um, I'm 8 out of 10 on this album. 8 out of 10 from Patrick. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like it. Um, yeah, uh, I guess I'll, I'll go into mine. That's typically how we do this here. Um, well, when, no, because I went first this time. Yeah, so. right. So, so now I'm, now now you, I'm thrown now off. Don't know what to do. Right, I'm thrown off. It's like I need structure in my life. <laughs> it's like I go first. Um <laughs> So, yeah, so I, I loved A Seat at the Table, you know, just to, again, you know, because I feel like a lot of this comparison was spent, um, me just kind of like, oh, I like, I prefer when I get home to A Seat at the Table because this, this, and this, and I don't want that to diminish the previous record. I love that record. Um, yeah. But but I, I do prefer when I get home. I do. Um, the former is, which may or may not be a hot take. I mean, I know the the Metacritics have, or you know, are exactly the same. But I would be surprised if this is anyone's like 
number one album of the year or anything. Um, so I, I don't know. I what would the, agree with that. I actually don't know what the fan reception of this record is. Uh, that might be interesting to look at. Um, the uh, the her previous record is you know it's it's more traditional. Um, this one is it's looser. It has this kind of free vibe to it. Um, and ultimately, I kind of think that makes this record more interesting. Um, it intentionally doesn't have a ton of standout songs, which is a bit of a double-edged sword, as I mentioned earlier. Um, but I slightly prefer the album experience this time around. Uh, it's ambitious, it's creative, and it's cohesive. I don't know if we mentioned that, but it is a very cohesive record. Um, the production is just gorgeous. Um, the vocals are very pleasant. Um... I too uh, kind of wanted to shout out a couple of songs. Um, I love. I, I'll just go in order of like where they appear in the track list, I guess, because I don't have like a number one favorite. Um, Down with the click, I thought was very good. Uh, Way to the show, I thought was like mm. some of my favorite vocals on the record. It was incredibly smooth. Um, Stay flow was maybe my favorite beat on here. Uh, Metro Woman's great. He really is great. Love that guy. Yeah. Um, Dreams I thought was really cool uh, it was kind of a two part song and that's the one that had uh, Dev Hines and Earl Sweatshirt on it it was kind of an interesting collab uh, loved Almeida with the uh, the baby voice Playboy Cardi verse all that yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> all that cool. <laughs> um, he's like the only person that can pull that kind of shit off <laughs> that's true and uh, I really like the dream on that song. Uh, I forget kind of how it goes, but he's like, we're just cooling around, something like that. Yeah. He was great yeah. on that. Um, and I liked Ben's. That was a, a really fun song later in the track list there. Um, so, you know, it's I think it's a pretty good experience uh, from front to back. I'm not sure it's like album of the year material. Um, it might be at this point for me, uh, but I think that says just as much about what we've gotten in quarter one so far we can talk about that on our next podcast yeah um but for me you know i love this record and it's also an eight out of ten for me so nice yeah so that kind of puts us at uh, a combined eight out of ten that's how that works nice there we go so uh, put this on our on our love list i guess um yeah yeah anytime i give an eight or higher that that means i love the record so there for you go. sure yeah I, yeah yeah, so that's uh, that's Solange and, and daughters a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so a little I, bit different of a right. You know, gotta gotta feed both mouths here. You know, gotta <laughs> cater to our indie crowd and our neo soul crowd a little bit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think our our next podcast might be our quarter one recap. Uh, you know, the end of March is coming up fairly soon. Uh, there's still a couple more records to listen to, um, and if we yeah. decide to do another album review before then then we can because it's our podcast we're a two-man operation and yeah we don't have to answer to you anybody you can't tell us what to do you can't we, we don't answer to anybody we're our own bosses we're an independent podcast and uh we'll do what we want <laughs> but um yeah how cool is that <laughs> <laughs> we don't get paid yeah uh <laughs> um yeah so uh you know thank you for joining me um thank this you all fun. for listening i thought this was a pretty good podcast uh if i say so yeah. myself um, and hopefully you made it to the end of the podcast without any audio issues. So that, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, we're about to find out in like 10 minutes when we listen back. Um, yeah. Yeah. So thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.